Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Welcome, my name is Jim Fox. I'm the student pastor here. I'm so grateful that we get to spend a few moments together uh, this morning. We're in a series called Traps and Trolls, and neither of those things sound like much fun, do they? I know you're probably thinking this morning, oh, it's, Jim's probably going to talk about traps since he was trapped in a cave. I know, I know, and, but it is true. We're going to talk about traps, but reality is I was only trapped for 12 hours, and the trap that we're going to talk about this morning, it's actually able to hold on to us for a whole lot longer. We're talking about days, weeks, months, years, our whole life, if we allow it. It's the trap of shame. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. But when I think about traps, I think about when I was uh, first married, Amy and I, we lived in a little a garage apartment down in North Mississippi, and we, uh, we had some unexpected guests in our garage apartment. It was a small place. We loved it. And some folks had lived there a little longer than us. We had, uh, we had some mice, okay? We had some mice. One specific mouse, we named this dude Flash, and uh, Flash was quick. I don't think he was nervous about us at all. He was pretty social. Uh, I'm pretty sure he would have taken a selfie or maybe given us a high five. And my wife, super compassionate, loves all animals, so we let this dude survive for a while. He hung out. But after a while, Flash, he, he was partying pretty hard in the kitchen at night, so we're trying to, we're trying to sleep, man. He's keeping us awake. So... Man, we had to relocate Flash to a new home, and so I got one of those sticky traps, right? You've all probably used one of those things before. It's pretty compassionate. You can actually put canola oil on there and catch and release whatever it is, and so I was going to release poor Flash to a new home out in the country, out in, out in the field somewhere, and so I take Flash. He's on the sticky trap. Just one leg's caught. I get him outside. He looks a little nervous. I'm like, what do I do with him? I don't want to put him in my car. He's going to have an accident. You know, so, so I, I have a great idea. I decide to put Flash on the hood of my car, right? I mean, that makes perfect sense. Why, why wouldn't you want to do that? <clears throat> so I put Flash up there. He's looking at me kind of uh, a little nervous. And so we cruise on down the road, and, man, I top a hill, and, and Flash's, uh, his, his, uh, his trap starts to rattle a little bit. It starts to vibrate. And he looks at me like, are you kidding me right now? Is this really about to happen? And so I'm pretty sure Flash was the first wingsuit flying mouse in history uh, because all of a sudden he looked at me crazy and he's gone, man. He's just airborne. I don't know. I don't know. I was actually able to relocate Flash. I found him, released him into his new uh, wonderful paradise of a home. But I was just picturing poor Flash running around out there. There were tons of coyotes out in this neighborhood we lived in, and I could just picture them with Flash stuck to their nose if I hadn't been able to find him. They're trying to make a meal out of Flash and just can't quite get there. And man, that's, that's kind of a fun story, an uh, illustration of being uh, uh, trapped and released, but man, it's not fun at all when it's us who's caught in that trap, especially the trap of shame. Let's pray and we'll jump into it. God, we love you this morning. God, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word. God, it's so powerful. I thank you, Lord, that for now and this life and for all of eternity, we're gonna get to find out more beautiful things about your character, about who you are, about how you wanna work in our lives. And I just pray, God, for the truth of what we're gonna look at today, God, for you to release someone today 
from the trap of shame. There's something that's been hanging over their head that the enemy's been burying uh, their face in for years. And I just pray, God, that today is the day that they can be set free from that trap and begin to experience your mercy, your love, your goodness, your grace. In your son's name I pray, amen. So as I think about uh, being caught in that trap, I think we've all been there, right? There's times when we say something, we do something, and we would give anything to take it back, right? It's just out there for everyone, and you're like, oh, I wish I could get a do-over in this moment. And one of my unfortunate um, lowest moments as a follower of Jesus that I can remember that sticks out to me, I was, uh, it's, this is over 20 years ago, and it still, it still affects me like I can still feel that moment like it was yesterday. And I was on my way to speak to a, a, a college ministry in another state, and when I, when I got there, I'm crossing the campus, and a student recognizes me. We're making some conversation, and there's several large campus ministries on this, on this campus. <clears throat> and this guy starts to tell me some dirt on a campus ministry that's right next door to this other one. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with that? And, and so I, I'm grateful that our culture here at the river and in our community here of Cookville, it's not like that. If you ask Pastor Steve uh, about another church, about a ministry, He's gonna tell you something positive. I mean, it's always gonna be something good unless they're insanely out in left field. Uh, man, he's, he has a heart for our community, for other churches, for other ministries. And his, the mindset is, if all of the churches and ministries rise, our community rises, right? That's the kind of mindset that pleases God, the unity, the body of Christ, Big C Church working together. But unfortunately, I was working against it in that moment. I sit down at a table um, there's a lot of college students that are a part of this ministry team, and we're talking about the night and how the flow is gonna go. And then there's a lull in the conversation. I would love to, to think that I was just trying to make conversation, but honestly, I was probably fishing for dirt. And I, I actually asked about this other ministry uh, next to them. I don't know why, but I, but I did. And guess what? Somebody that was a leader in that other ministry was sitting right across the table from me. Man, what did I wanna do in that moment? I wanted to crawl under that table and not come out. And so I had, a, I had an opportunity right then, right? I got, I got taught a lesson by the Lord graciously in love because he cares about me. I got to feel the weight and the shame of my sin, uh, my bad choices in that moment. And then I had to fight this fight to, to wanna drive home and not get up and speak in front of these people that night because I didn't feel worthy, because I had blown it, right? And I don't know if you've ever caught yourself there when your ugly get, leaks out or something. You, it's out there for everybody to see. You had a, a momentary lapse of judgment. You had a bad attitude. You said something. And man, it's just an awful, awful feeling. It makes me think about Psalm 38, verses one through four. It says, oh Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Your arrows have struck deep and your blows are crushing me. Because of your anger, my whole body is sick my health is broken because of my sins. My guilt overwhelms me. It's a burden too heavy to bear. So the first thing I want us to think about this morning is the reality that shame is a burden that's too heavy to bear. It affects us deep down to the core of our being. And one definition of shame, according to a recent paper submitted to National Institutes for Health, researchers believe shame is a defining feature of human experience and relationships that's linked to one's self-perception, your social worth, your identity, your relationships, position within a social group, society, and culture. It's considered by many to be a master emotion. Shame is commonly a negative self-conscious emotion that arises when we're concerned about how we're seen and judged by others. 
We feel shame when we're seen by another or others to be flawed in some way or when part of our core self is seen as inadequate, inappropriate, or immoral. During a shame experience, we feel deeply flawed, unworthy, and unlovable, and that our social position and our social bonds are under threat. Shame can provoke powerful feelings of despair, inferiority, powerlessness, defectiveness, and self-contempt. In addition, shame itself is shameful and taboo. So there's a, a difference between shame and conviction. John 16, 9, Jesus said he came to, to convict the world of sin, right? But if we wanna think about what true conviction is, we gotta think about what it's not. It's not just a guilty conscience. It's not just feeling shame like I felt in that moment. It's not a knowing right from wrong. It's not even admitting that you agree with what the Bible says about sin. It's actually allowing God to come in and change the core of our being, to, to admit our sin, right? To, to, to stop holding on to that sin that we love and have been dragging along forever. We're gonna admit that and let it go and release it to the Lord, right? And I'm grateful that when we find ourselves in those moments when we're filled with shame, we've got options, right? There's grace. In that moment, in my situation, I actually stopped. I didn't pray out loud, but in that moment at that table, I stopped. I said, God, please forgive me. I am so sorry. I do not want to be a hypocrite. I want to be, I want to be the real deal. Would you please let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you? And then I had another opportunity right there. I had to admit to this person, I'm so sorry for what I've done. Ask them, would you please forgive me? That was so wrong. I, I, was, I had to admit my brokenness to this individual. And guess what? I received a whole lot of grace in that moment that I was grateful for. But what happens when we have those moments of shame? So often, we don't handle it the way that I was able to in that moment. So many times, we run further into the darkness, away from God, away from the people that care about us, and we run uh, into isolation, right? That's the second thing I want us to think about this morning is that, is that uh, shame leads to isolation. We begin to actually think and believe that God couldn't possibly wanna be around us. He's actually so disappointed in us that he's given up on us. And I want us to take a look at a beautiful story this morning that shows us God's heart as it relates to shame and our guilt and our sin. The story we're looking at this morning is the first miracle that Jesus talks about in the book of Matthew, and he is making a huge statement here that he doesn't want us to miss. This is Matthew 8, one through four. Let's read this together. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Then Jesus said to him, don't tell anyone uh, about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you've been cleansed. So leprosy, you guys know, is a skin disease. It's something that nobody wants. It's not something that we really see here uh, anymore, but it was a serious disease of the skin that caused it to rot and to decompose and it honestly quite often was terminal. And it was also something that was very contagious. And so if you, if you were in this condition, if you had leprosy, you were an outcast. You couldn't be near your family anymore. You couldn't be around your community. 
Maybe your family cared about you. They would leave food for you somewhere for you to go and pick up at a, at a different time, not when they were there. But you're not around anybody else that doesn't have your same problem. Can you imagine how lonely and isolated this guy felt in this moment? And if you thought people freaked out during the height of COVID if you coughed, can you imagine this guy's coming through this crowd and he's bumping up against people and there's a chance if he's touched you that you're gonna actually have your skin begin to decompose and to rot and maybe fall off. Man, people were probably screaming at the top of their lungs, running the other direction, crossing the street, trying to get away from this guy. And so I think the, the apostles were probably also losing their minds in this moment when this guy's walking through the crowd, brushing up against people. And he comes up and he kneels at the feet of Jesus. And what does he say? He says, if you are willing. He didn't say, if you're able. I believe this guy believed with all of his heart that God was able to change his heart, his life, to heal him. But I don't think he, he doubted God's character in that moment. He doubted that Jesus would be willing to associate with someone like him, that he wouldn't be willing to heal him. And so I love that Matthew kind of, to me, when I read the story, it goes into slow motion. And I can just see Jesus reaching out with compassion to touch this man. And can you imagine actually getting to watch that? You're watching somebody whose body is totally disfigured. It's in front of your eyes becoming new. It's being healed in that moment. And so this is, seems like maybe a simple little story but it has a massive message that Jesus does not want us to miss. And so maybe if you don't know anything about the Bible or anything about Jesus and you read this story for the first time, is Jesus a good guy or a bad guy, right? He's, he's a good guy. Is he mean or is he compassionate? Man, yeah, Jesus is compassionate. Does he care about other people or is he selfish? Yeah, man, Jesus is awesome. But this story is like an onion. There are so many layers. And I just want you to stop and think for a minute, when was the last time this guy probably was touched or given a hug by anyone? And it's probably been a long time, right? And what happens to people and, and babies and children if we're denied that physical touch? There's something physiologically that happens to us that's not good with that, when that happens. And I love that Matthew kind of slows down here and focuses on the compassionate, the caring way that Jesus reaches out to this man who nobody else would want to touch. And Matthew's writing to a primarily Jewish audience, and so this story for those people is earth-shattering when it comes to what they know about God. And you might be thinking this morning, man, what's the big deal about being made clean? I mean, we always say, man, we're supposed to come to Jesus as we are, right? Does Jesus want us to come to him as we are? Absolutely, but we're not supposed to leave that way, right? There can always be a change on the surface. People are gonna see the change in our life and there's a change that happens beneath the surface in our lives, in our hearts when we actually encounter Jesus. And that's what he wants to happen. Uh, he's, Jesus is saying he's willing to make this guy clean. Now, is this dude, is he, has he been caving with Jim all day and needs like a bath, maybe two baths? No, that's not what he's talking about. It's obvious looking at this guy outwardly that he needs physically a healing but this man also needed a spiritual healing as well. All throughout the Old Testament, leprosy is this vivid picture of the impact that sin has in our life. It's a picture of the devastation that sin has inside of us. And so uh, sin doesn't just affect us on the outside, just doesn't make us have bad decisions. We're all wrecked by sin, by the, the decisions that we make, by our sin nature, and we don't wanna follow God. We wanna do things our own way. 
And so we need to be made clean. We need to be made whole by Jesus. And sin and shame affects us deep inside. All humanity's been affected by this, right? If you doubt that, just go watch the news or track your own life for about a month and think about the decisions you make. Think about the words you say. Uh, man, there's, there's so many times when I think about my own life that I have been, I felt that shame. I felt unclean, unworthy. And shame, it is devastating. And if you're here this morning and you're a follower of Jesus and maybe you've struggled, you've caught yourself in a trap of shame, man, what goes on in your mind after you fail? You start to believe, man, I can't be around my Christian friends anymore. They're not gonna wanna be near me. I need to go run further into the darkness. I need to go isolate myself and get away from these people. And maybe we start to think that God's ashamed of us, right? So we avoid Jesus. We begin to think that he won't wanna be near us. And what do we do? We avoid worship. We start to avoid prayer. We start to avoid actually reading God's word for ourselves. We, we maybe stop taking communion. And if that's the story that you're living under today, if that's where you're at, I want you to know that's the wrong story because Jesus passionately disagrees with you. The story of the gospel is that we can come boldly to him and he's available. He, he not only is able to make us clean, to change our lives inside and out, but he wants to. He actually wants to make a difference in our life every day. And so normally when you have leprosy and you touch somebody else, what happens? That disease gets transferred to someone else. Man, I love this. So when Jesus touches this man, is anything transferred to Jesus? No, this man's healed. He's completely restored. And I love this story because it's so powerful. If you grew up in Israel, this would seem so messed up for them, this man to charge through a crowd, risk contaminating everyone. But listen to Mark 1, verse 41. It says, when Jesus looked, he was moved with compassion. It had been a, it'd probably been a long time since this leper saw a face of compassion. And I'm just wondering if somebody here this morning, maybe it's been a long time since you saw a face of compassion. And as we think about that, I want you to realize the third thing I want us to think about this morning is that our sin, our corruption, it is no threat to Jesus at all. I love that in this story, Jesus is not intimidated. He moves right towards this man. He's not scared in any way. And Jesus is saying, not only am I able to heal, this is what I came to do. This is what I'm about. This is my purpose, be made clean. And I love throughout the New Testament, Jesus is taking his holiness out to the people. And so as we think about that, he wants to do the same thing in our life. And so when we think about this guy, he was actually isolated in another way. He wasn't able to go to the temple because he had leprosy. He wasn't able to be around great big crowds of people. And so now Jesus is telling him in this story, hey man, go offer that sacrifice that's required. Let the priest examine you. And man, you're gonna be released. You're gonna be able to go back into your community. I can just picture the absolute joy. I can see this bro just like he's starting to speed walk. And then all of a sudden, man, he's just taking off running because he realizes he's gonna be back in fellowship. He's gonna get those hugs. He can't wait to get back to the people that he's been away from for so long. The people he thought didn't love him, who wanna put a hug on his neck, who wanna show him that love and get to come like we do in here and worship with hearts overflowing with gratitude. That's what happened to this man. And Jesus told him that his life his, was an example. It was a testimony to other people. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to make your life a testimony. 
I was caving uh, a long time ago with a guy that I had not met before. This dude's name was Kenny, and we, this is an unusually long trip. I don't usually cave for 15 to 18 hours, but we were underground a long time. We'd cut up, we'd had some great adventures, had a lot of fun together, and then we come back to this room that's gigantic. It's like the Astrodome, and there's a 200-foot rope that we're about to climb. And so it takes people quite a while, so we had some time to shoot the breeze. And so I'm, I'm talking to Kenny and I'm making conversation, and I asked Kenny, man what's, man, what's your story? Like, what's your spiritual background? And Kenny's a nice dude. He talks about a church that he'd gone to some when he was younger. He talks about when him and his wife got married, they had a church that they were going to some, and then he asked me a little bit about my story. I got to share what God had done in my life, and I thought, oh, cool, great. And so 10 years later, I get a call from Kenny, and Kenny tells me, Jim, I just never had really called you back to tell you my story. And he said, you probably don't remember this, and I didn't at the time, but he, he, he tells me, when, he, when I asked him that question, what his story was or what his testimony was, he said, Jim, I lied. He's like, I knew I didn't have a, I didn't, I knew I didn't have a testimony. I, didn't, I, I hadn't, didn't have a story. I had never asked God to come into my life to change me. But since then, God's been working. And as you asked me that question, God began to work. And over the next several years, uh, I've given my life to Christ. I've been walking with him. And so that was such an encouraging story to see uh, what God can do. And the reality is God wants to be a part of all of our story. He wants to bring all of us near, close to him. Listen to what Ephesians 2.13 says. But now you've been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. Man, that's the Jesus that we worship. He wants to bring you close. No matter how unworthy you feel to maybe even be here today, Jesus died for you so that we could be made clean. His arms literally are open wide, wanting to bring you in. He's willing to make you clean, to change your life, to bring you into a relationship with him where you get to walk with him, experience the joy of being close to him and, and letting your story begin to impact other people's lives. No matter how shame has left its mark on you, man, Jesus is able. He can, he can change your life no matter what you think your condition is. He's able. Romans 8, 1 and 2 says, so now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So the fourth thing I want us to think about this morning is we need to behave like we're no longer stuck in sin and shame, right? The enemy is always wanting to push us away from God, push us away from fellowship, push us away from the people that we need the most in our life. He wants to push you off in a corner when in reality, we need to do what that song was we just sang. We need to run back to the Father every single time and believe that he is willing, that he wants to come in and change your life, to change your story. And so I wanna ask you this morning, what is that thing for you that's been hanging over your head that the enemy has had a, a, a Man, a great time reminding you of from your past. Something that still stops you from thinking that you're able or worthy to be used by God, for God to be able to work in and through your life to have an impact in this world, to, to be a part of his kingdom and spreading his kingdom and his joy and his love throughout the world. What is that for you? And I just wanna ask you this morning, are you willing to this morning to bring that to the Lord, to lay it down and let him change your life, to release you from that shame, to receive his forgiveness? Man, Ethan's gonna play a song. If, if someone's here this morning and you, you think, man, I, I know what it is, nobody else but me and God know what it is, but it has been haunting me for years. 
Man, we're gonna have an opportunity. You can come uh, up here to the front of the platform on the right side. Nobody's gonna bother you or talk to you. It's just you and the Lord. But if, if you're here this morning and, and you have something in your life that's been a burden, a weight that's been too heavy to bear, you need somebody to, to talk with you, to pray with you, we've got leaders that'll be over here on the right side that would love to, to pray with you. And if you're here this morning and, and you're, you realize, man, I don't have a story, Jim, I would love to begin a relationship with Jesus, I wanna encourage you to push through the crowd this morning just like this man did and come down here and let's talk about what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. I wanna ask you guys to stand as we sing. Let's pray. God, we love you this morning, Lord. We thank you for the truth of the gospel, Lord. We thank you for the power of the gospel. Lord, no matter how broken, no matter how messed up we feel in those moments, no matter how shame just hangs over our head like a heavy, heavy blanket that we never wanna come out from under, God, I thank you that your mercy and your truth, you're moving towards us right now, today. God, you want to move towards us. God, help us to receive your mercy, your forgiveness. God, help us to lay those things at your feet daily. Lord, help us not be robbed for a whole life because of a a decision or something that came out of our mouth a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. God, let us confess that to you, to those people, and to be restored. God, we thank you that that is your heart, that you are willing today. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. If you would like more information about the church and what God is doing here through the river, you can visit therivercc.com or you can download our app in the app or Google Play Store. Again, we just want to say thank you for listening and we hope as you go throughout your week that you are able to love God, love people, and impact the world.